This is Podcast 17, broadcasting from Deep Wigan Combine Territory. It is every citizen's duty to resist the Combine and learn the truth. Transmission code 9161. Rise and shine, Mr. Citizens. Rise and shine. Welcome to Podcast 17, your weekly verbal tour of everything Half-Life. With me this week, on my left, we have Emmanuel from Planet Half-Life and Simon from interlopers.net. And as always, William. So, welcome, everybody. How's it going, everybody? Yo. Hello. So, William, there's been a lot happening this week in the Half-Life world, and why don't you start to tell us all about it? In fact, what we need to do first is we need to uh, let the guests introduce themselves. (laughs) So, first of all, Emmanuel, off you go. Uh, hey, what's up? He's not too excited because he's too busy watching the Formula One Grand Listen, Prix right I now. Listen, I wasn't the one who scheduled the podcast during the same time as the World Championship, so bugger off. And Simon, please, tell us about yourself. Uh, yeah, I'll make a bit a bit more of an effort than that. Um, yeah, um, I am Simon, but I go as the name Blink, and I, um, I am the owner and runner of uh, interlopers.net I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it I hope so because it's one of the greatest websites on the internet currently okay and tell us or Planet Philip and why don't you tell us a little bit about your first experience with Half-Life maybe one of your first memories um well the first memory that sticks in my mind is when I first ever played the Uplink demo I imagine everyone's played that but um that was the first experience of Half-Life and that was pretty amazing so as soon as I played that I just had to get the game and as soon as I got the game yeah the rest is history from then on I've just pretty much been addicted to everything to do with it to be honest I haven't played the Half-Life uh, Uplink demo actually and I think that there's a Source remake so or I can't even wait for that <laughs> or there Counter-Strike you go, exactly. hey I know about Counter-Strike there's a game called it somewhere on the internet or as yeah, Emmanuel called it last week, the Counter Strikes. I love that. Yeah. Well, it's plural because you have Counter Strike Condition Zero, you have Counter Strike, you have Counter Strike Source, and you have the people playing one on 1.3, 1.1, 1.0, and all the betas. So, plural makes no, sense. Nobody, nobody plays Condition Zero. Why did you even mention that crap thing by Total Rock? There's like there's like five Asians that no one told them that you know there's a new one called Source, so they're enjoying themselves. <laughs> Okay, we're going to move on over to, uh, we're going to talk about some podcast news first off before we get into Half-Life news. Um, first and foremost, a website update. We redid our top link of the banner on podcast17.com, so we'll be able to fit more links. So hopefully this week, uh, expect to see like an FAQ section and a few more things up in there that we can provide to you guys as information. Um, we also, Nick has also edited the comment section. It's now all themized, so it looks really nice. So take advantage of that. You can always comment on our on our uh, podcast, and that's the best way of getting a hold of us. Or you can email us at feedback at podcast17.com. And last but not least... Uh, I'd just like to say I'm a little disappointed with the number of comments we received, you know, since last week. We got more comments on the pilot episode than we did on the second one, and there was, like, so much that we talked about, and really hardly anybody commented, and I'm really surprised. Well, I have to say, I'm glad that some people did, though. For instance, Mel 
incredibly dis, dis, uh, disagreed with us with the uh, art thing, but we can get into that later. But that's the kind of stuff we're looking for, because uh, otherwise we have nothing to talk about, and it's just going to be us just sitting here, um, you know, just talking about boring stuff. So be sure to talk shit, uh, smack. Yes, talk smack to us. Yeah. On the internet. Exactly. Dis- disagree with us. If you feel that way, disagree with us, and then we have something to talk about. We don't want people just saying, yeah, you're right, all the time, because we want disagreement. Yeah. Just like the fact that Philip plays bad single-player games, and we disagree <laughs> on that. Well, I agree that. I, I was. I play Loser. <laughs> that was but, but actually, if real quick, uh, Interlopers, they've, uh, they've focused on the Half-Life thing for a while, too, now. So there's three of us here working for three different news sites, right? No, I'm not a news site. He's well, just a content you site. You, well, no, but you bring news about content to readers. No, I'm a, I'm a database and review site. I list mods, I review them, and, and that's it. I don't post news about, you know, any of the updates or nothing. I'm, I'm not a news site. Well, to be honest, the news sites only post news to fill space. People usually just come to check out the mods or see what the release date for episode 3 is. <laughs> also, uh, just before we get into too much detail and before I forget really because I've been having a really bad memory, um, we're going to mention the form. We have a form set up. We're going to get it all set up so public people can post in there. So maybe if you're not used to the whole comment system, you can post in our form. Uh, Philip is working on making all those threads right now. Could you, you could you tell your roommate to stop vacuuming? Or is that yeah, uh, this absolutely is really... necessary? It's, it's off now, though. I think it's off. Yeah, it's off. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then lastly, we apologize for last week. Uh, we had a whole bunch of Windows beeps in there. They're not going to be in this episode, and also our sound quality will be a lot better because we have an equalizer set up on the recording machine. So. Yeah, our recordist is not going to be looking at uh, porn this time, so he's not going to get a bunch of pop-ups or anything. So he's going to wait until exactly. the podcast. Exactly. All right, moving right along, um, we got some Left for Dead news. We're going to split it up. Last week we didn't really split it up in terms of Half-Life news and Left 4 Dead news. Now we have a new section called the Left 4 Dead News Dig. And uh, since Left 4 Dead is coming out so soon, we figured we should cover almost all the information on Left 4 Dead, and we'll see how it goes on after the release date. So the first thing we really have to talk about is new Left 4 Dead videos. They're posted on GameSpot. GameSpot just did... A huge new review of uh, the new version of, or not the new view, version, the new theme of Left 4 Dead, which is called Dead Air. It's, uh, you play it in an airport and you try to get on the airplane to escape the city or whatnot. It's a really interesting, there's six gameplay videos there that you can take a look at. They're really interesting, really fun to watch. So you can check that out on the right hand side. Did, did you guys hear about the World at War thing that Call of Duty's doing? They're they're adding a zombie mode where you, it's just exactly like Left 4 Dead. You play with four people co-op. Yeah, Nick mentioned something like that to me this Isn't week. That, that is the lowest thing I've ever seen a, a game company do. They never even announced it. They just did it just because someone else was. That's such bull. 
Yeah, I, I, I haven't really been paying much attention to Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead, because it's not really interesting for me. But I did watch the, the video today at GameSport, and uh, it's incredibly well done. It really is. And I'm sure that Father Grigori is the lead voice character. But I kind of was thinking to myself, they could have put this in a Half-Life universe. They could have manipulated it. And I don't know, then I might have been interested in it. But because it was so completely separate, I didn't pay any attention. But it, it definitely looks yeah. hot. Well, Turtle Rock, uh, if I'm right, when they first started it, they were of their own accord and they didn't have anything to do with the valve at the, at the time. They were just using the engine. So it would have been a massive overhaul for them to have to turn around and somehow link it to Half-Life. So when they when yeah, I mean, incorporated it, them. It could have been a, like a City 19 escape thing and some of, the, some of the zombies could have been similar to Half-Life. I'm not saying it should have been completely, but it could have been maybe set in a, uh, one of the cities. I um I think it's better that it's been treated as a separate thing to be honest with you. I think it would be a lot more difficult to tie in with Half Life, especially with the fact that the zombies move slower than a turtle. So I think the fact that they've abstracted it and made it a new game is probably a better idea to be honest. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're probably right. Plus, I think at the same time, Valve is trying to steer towards games that are uh, not in the whole Half Life franchise. So I think this is kind of their initial push. Yeah, I mean so you can't can you can't keep making different types of games based around Half Life, and they I'm sure they they want to be known for more than just Half Life. Uh, so I can understand why they did it, and you know it's a, a breakaway, and they attract new audiences, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. But we will be able to play Left 4 Dead early um, if you've pre-ordered the game, so to speak. The early access demo begins. Thursday, November 6th, which is actually in five days, so that's really close. And uh, on November 11th, the demo will be made available to everybody, but if you pre-ordered it to get the 10% savings, you can get it on the 6th, which is a really big thing for those who are excited for the demo. And the demo does support the co-op, so the online play is there, so don't think you're going to miss out on anything. It's kind of, I, I, why would you want to play a demo if you've already bought the game? I mean, I work the other way. I only play a demo to find out if I want to play the game. That's true, but uh, it, the demo comes out before the game comes out, so they're opening that up to people who pre-purchased. Okay, well, them fair enough. I presume here... Is everybody here going to buy it? I've left already bought dead. it. Yeah, Left 4 Dead. Of course. Valve, um, Turtle Rock who, you know, I've always been a fan of. Zombies, co-op, sign me up. Yeah, for sure. I've already bought four Simon? copies. I think I will get it uh, very soon. I just haven't got around to pre-ordering it at the moment. I've been tied up with Far Cry 2. <laughs> Ooh, another good you have a uh, You have a NASA server to run that? Yeah, or you I can... do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> or you can be playing Fallout 3, which has also released on Steam. Oh, man, I want to play that. But we, all right, we can't, we can't talk about that. We're limited on time, and we can't talk about Fallout, because I could be here all day telling you about how it's oblivion, too. <laughs> okay, so and lastly, lastly, on Left 4 Dead news, we have today, actually, the Left 4 Dead preview video was released. You can check it out on Steam, or you can check a look, take a look at the links on the right-hand side of this podcast at podcast17.com, and uh, this video is awesome. Oh, my God. It it's better than most zombie movies I've ever seen in my life. No, more than most. Like, all of them. This is an incredible intro video, and it gives you a good idea of how the game will be played. Fast-paced, helping each other out. That's what it's all about in Left 4 Dead. So, that's it for Left 4 Dead news. Did you guys watch the video?
Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it was just amazing. It sent shivers down my spine. Anyway, on to the real stuff. Half-Life news. Here we go. First up on the list is a new dystopia update. Um, I believe they just came out with... A brand new update for 1.2. It features uh, a couple new maps, and uh, that's about all I can tell from the new update. So if you're a Dystopia fan, pick up version 1.2. I haven't played Dystopia in a long time. No PK, have you been playing this? Oh god, I wanted, I really wanted to like it, and it was one of the first well-done, comprehensive conversions, especially multiplayer for Half-Life and I mean Half-Life 2. And I just could never really get into it. And I, but as as time comes on, they add more stuff. I find myself finding more fun with it. So, I mean, it, it now uh, I remember that and Plan of Attack were some of the first multiplayer mods for Half-Life 2 that really held me in, my interest. Even though I didn't get to play them as much as as I would have liked, but yeah. yeah, I really, really love Dystopia, and the thing that got me hooked into it is was the whole cyberspace thing. I haven't played it in a while, granted, because I haven't played a lot of multiplayer stuff in a while. But playing around in cyberspace and Having little cyber battles while jacked into a terminal was just amazing. Running up on walls, it was fun, really fun, really good game. Yeah, it's and it's the pure, just the pure form of multiplayer modding. They've taken it and completely, they've taken Half-Life 2 and completely redone, redone it in a really, in a really, in their own fashion. I mean, a lot of people are doing the cyberpunk thing, but I think they're the ones who do, who do it almost, I would say, best. Yeah, I would say so too. They really came a long way. They're really one of the better mods for Half-Life 2 multiplayer. So if you haven't played Dystopia, and you want that kind of... If you really like that cyberpunk feel, give it a shot, because I think you'll be very, very impressed. Whatever happened to uh, Planet of Attack? Do any of you guys know? I haven't. I don't know. I no well, I guess nothing, then. <laughs> I don't pay any attention to you, MP losers, so, you know, you're in your own little world, I'm afraid. <laughs> It's better than being autistic and, and playing single-player games. Oh, autistic. I think you should um, you should savor all types of mods there. I don't think you should uh, restrict yourself to boring single-player. You, know, you know, it's funny you mention that, because after the Strider Mountain interview, uh, I looked at that mapper that you guys uh, interviewed, and he had a, something called Coastline Atmosphere, which is almost similar to um, the mod he's currently working on. And I thought it was just a little map pack, but... This thing has really sparked my interest in single-player mods again. I mean, this is a really, really comprehensive, intricate, and really enjoyable uh, single-player experience. I mean, right now I've, I've gotten three and a half hours out of it, and I was expecting it to only be like four levels long, but lo and behold, it's great. You guys should check it out. Actually, we'll post a link to that in the uh, in the end of the podcast. Well, sure. you, you probably don't know, but Coastline to Atmosphere is one of the best well-known mods ever released for SP. It's probably got over 50,000 or more downloads, and you're probably looking for another seven hours of gameplay there, Emmanuel. What? I That blows me away. I, I never knew about it, too. I guess it went under my radar, but, man, it's really fun. It's really well done, too. Yeah, it's... It's an awesome mod. There, I see. I was watching you play it, and I was like, "Oh no, PK's getting a single player," <laughs> because uh, yeah, Nick and I were playing Decay all week on hard, which is the oh my god, that is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. If you've ever played Decay, go again. Find somebody who could I don't know who would enjoy stabbing your hands with, because that's what this game feels like. 
go into the game and type skill space 3. The game is not supposed to be played on hard, but if you play this game on hard, you will want to gouge your eyes out. But once you beat it, it's so rewarding. It's hard. It just took a long time. Anyway, moving right along on news. The ship was updated. Three new world leader modes, eight new player characters, a new map, uh, fixed a whole bunch of bugs, changed some variables and all that crazy stuff you'd expect from an update. So once again, if you're a ship player, you should go check out the newest version, which is out right now. came out early this week. Does anybody play the ship? I, I really want to. I mean, I, I've heard so much about it, and my editor tells me to play it, and... Just, I've never gotten the chance. I mean, I have no idea what it's about either. Well, the ship is... I like the uh, look of the style. Yeah, it's it's kind of a cartoony game. It's kind of like Clue, really. I mean, that's not really a good way of putting it. But you're on this ship, and you have to decide who murders who. And, uh, you know, you kind of have to deduct it, and you have to be careful on who you kill. It's kind of more of a thinking game, and you have to put the clues together. I haven't got into it that much. My cousin got into it crazy, and he, I don't know, I don't understand how you play it, but I know it is kind of a deducting, find the clues type game. Not a lot of action, but when the action does happen, I'm assuming it's rewarding. I'd love to add more, but uh, I'm watching Lewis Hamilton fight for the greatest world championship fight of all time, so... So is it like a role-playing game where you have to ask people questions and then, you know, make decisions and stuff like that? I believe so. I can't say for sure, but I know it's more of a role-playing game than a first-person shooter, let's put it that way. So it's like Clue, then? Yeah, that's right. That's the best place, best way I could put it. It's like Clue, or uh, maybe not Clue, but what's that game? Like, does he have red hair? Does he have blonde hair? Um, oh, I can't remember that board game. Anyway, not important. Moving right along, uh, more on the updates. Tons of mods were updated this week. Holy, I haven't seen this in a while. Zombies, Zombie Master version 1.2.0 has been released, full of Molotov cocktails, revolvers, immobilators, banshees clinging to ceilings, new map entities, whole bunch of server adjustments, and obviously bug fixes and lag tweaks. So just in time for Halloween, Zombie Master was released. Came out of nowhere. They didn't really say that they were going to release a new update, but that is out for Half-Life. It's another mod that's been updated. So many mods. I'm going to play them all. Actually, that goes on to the point that we were talking about last week. You know, you were sort of saying there's not enough players, but... I mean, maybe it's that there's just too many good mods, and, you know, that's the problem. That there are lots of crap mods, of course, but there's just too many good mods, and we, we don't know what we want to play. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have all this stuff on my table, and uh, I kind of want to play the newer stuff. I don't... I kind of steer away from updates. I want to see new games, and when there's, like, a huge update, you know, when they add a whole bunch of new stuff, then that's when I'll go back and play that, but it is hard. Yeah, but I mean, oh, don't don't forget we've got a lot of stuff retail dropping too. So the people who enjoy the the dead spaces and the fallouts and all that, they're going to be having a, a tough time trying to time manage. Yeah, that too. This is a really busy time for retail games at the moment. It's ridiculous. Well, this is the season, right? Right before the holiday season is when they like to drop all their stuff, make the most amount of money. Yeah, which makes no sense, because then we have nothing to do for ten months of the year where nothing drops except for Grand Theft Auto. And that's it. <laughs> I don't get it. 
That's so true, too. There seems to be that period when Grand Theft Auto comes out and nothing else is out around it. Well, that's really smart marketing, though, isn't it? I mean, you know, put your game out when there's hardly anything else, you're going to get maximum publicity. I think mod developers should start thinking like that, too. Maybe they should start get, getting a little bit more marketing-minded and start pushing their stuff and strategically releasing updates and all that. Uh, from what I've seen, we just get emails of, hey, put this on your website, but, you know, they don't strategically place it during any time of the year or anything, so that might help. Yeah, it doesn't help, though, that you get these to-be-released dates from other mod developers, so you don't really know when other mods are coming out. So you're both, you're all in this mysterious limbo. You don't know when one thing's coming out over another. That's always an issue, too. I posted an editorial on Planet Philip a long while ago, which suggested that the major mod makers should actually form uh, a group where they agree a timetable of releases. Uh, of course, you can't say on you know two o'clock on Wednesday, mine's coming out, and then four o'clock on Thursday the following week. But you can sort of say sometime within this week, I'm going to release uh, an update or something, so that they you know spread out the attention because there's bound to be a time when two really good mods are released, and at that point they realise that they are competitors in a way. They are competing for players' time, not money, but their time. And if they work together, they might get more players and more exposure. That sounds a lot like uh, General Mao's perfect vision of a of a great world, Mister Mister uh, Communist. I'd be careful what you no. say. There. No, I'm not suggesting that, you know, everybody's limited, but, you know, I'm suggesting some cooperation that, you know, if if uh, a group of developers can say, oh, okay, yeah, we're going to release on this date, the other group say, okay, well, we can uh, wait a little bit longer and we'll release then instead of two at the same time and then not getting enough exposure. You know, I really think that is a great idea because there are tons of mods this week that came out and I I probably won't be able to get to any of them. I mean, there's all these mods that we're talking about and unfortunately I can't elaborate on them because I'm too busy playing stuff from, you know, last week, what we were pl- talking about last week. So I'm I'm always like that and I'm sure there's tons, the majority of people out there are like that. They want to be able to play everything, but, you know, you just get all this stuff dumped on you and there's no time in the day. Yeah, and you also forget... I mean, I'm sure that I have a pile of a folder somewhere full of SP mods that I said, oh, okay, I'll download that now and I'll watch, I'll play it next week. But I forgot because something else came out. Yeah. You know, we have real lives too, so that gets in the way as well. I think it's, I think it's going to be tricky for them to do something like that. I mean, if they've just spent like six months developing a mod, like all they want to do is get it out there to the public. And I think getting, having to hold it back for two weeks or something, I think that would be hard for people to, to take. With that said, though, I'm I'm wondering how the populace of Half-Life players uh, distribute, so to speak. Are there a lot of people who like to play everything, or are there just a lot of people who like sticking to one mod? Because like you said, say the next news post is Insurgency with an update. I'm sure there are tons of people who play Insurgency that wait for these updates. I'm sure a lot of those people don't play other mods, so they would feel really, really neglected if Insurgency, say, delayed an update because they didn't want to, I don't know, uh, fight with, say, the Portal Prelude that also came out this week, the Portal Prelude update. So, I don't. is there more people out there who play uh, everything than there are people who just play one mod and stick to that? I think I think we should just leave it be. I mean, hopefully so much stuff gets pumped out so often that it's going to bring more people. You know what I mean? So, I mean, the, if there's more people who with different tastes per person, then pumping out as much news as you can is not a big deal. And I think the news sites, uh, I think uh, Simon understands. 
sometimes you get absolutely nothing for months and you have to just kind of make stuff up so the more news is best i, I don't care that i think whatever comes out should come out well, I, I wish you'd make up your mind, Emmanuel, because about five minutes ago you said that you wanted people to think, you know, more like uh, developers and structure the things, and now you're saying that it should just come out, you know, when it comes out. What do you want? Well, you can't have both. Stra- I think I'm saying that it's fine that stuff can come out whenever they want it to come out, but for mod teams that are fi- struggling to get people to pay attention to their mod, they should probably do the same thing that Flare was doing and. Um, Dipperp was and, and structure their updates and get uh, whatever they're called the people PR people or whatever. But otherwise, uh, from from my point of view, I don't care. I mean, the more news, the better. Well, that's coming from a person who posts news. So I mean, you want yeah. content on your site, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, as much as possible. You, what would you prefer? What would you prefer? You'd prefer ten pieces of news on one day and then nothing for the rest of the week, or two or three pieces of news every day. Of course, uh, stretched over the week, but do you really think mod developers would get together on that? I'm just gonna. I was just gonna say. I think it's a real. It would be really, really hard to do for mod developers to cooperate like that. Yeah, yeah I, agree. I agree. I agree. I, I wasn't suggesting everybody gets around the table, but imagine that you've got two mods that are very, very similar. Maybe two SP mods. And those guys could say, okay, well, you know, let's just talk about this. How best we can, can we work together? We want to maximize the number of players. Yeah, for sure. Okay, before we get too much into this, I want to cover these last things. Oh, go ahead, Simon. Sorry, I just want to add one more thing. I, I mean, I think, um, particularly from the news side of it, I think um, a lot of... Um, news sites spend a long time posting things like um, Steam beta updates and uh, new retail games that come out on Steam when I mean I try to avoid that stuff because it's not really relevant um, to the actual Half-Life 2 scene and I think that kind of news can push mods out of the way sometimes when you feel like you've got a lot of news to post but if you concentrate on the mods I think it can all be posted up there. Oh Simon I agree wholeheartedly with you man. I I wish we could do that over Planet Half-Life but if stuff just gets so stale, I mean, we can't cover Left 4 Dead now, so we have to get every little bit of news about Steam or Half-Life, whatever we can on the front page. But I've had times where I've posted a huge update about a mod, and then I've had another news editor come in and bump it down just because Counter-Strike 1.6 got a minor update so that 15-year-olds now can play in one frame per second faster. It's, I, I see what you're saying. I agree. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. Babe, like I said, though, Insurgency came out with an update. They're up to uh, 2.2, 2.1. 2. Uh, they're calling it 2.x. Um, I, don't, I don't know what that even means. To be yeah. honest, like, maybe they couldn't develop, decide on a name, but there's tons of updates here. Um, obviously, whole GUI fixes, fixed a whole bunch of bugs, like usual, but the map updates are huge. Tons of new maps. They fixed a whole bunch of glitches. So I believe that's available through Steam because Insurgency is available through Steam. So I think you can just pick it up through that. If you can't, I could be wrong. You can pick it up on the Insurgency site. That is also on the show notes. So. Well, go real ahead, quick, talk. what do they have left to add? They've done the realism thing. They've added the weapons. I mean, all they have left now is maps, right? And making it run better. Yeah, I think they're in just in the optimization stages and uh, bug fixes, obviously. And like you said, maps. This whole update is about maps. Huh. All right, uh, moving right along here. Just real quick, some two mods. 
have been updated that we've been talked about that we talked about before. First off is Portal Prelude with 1.1.0, 80 bug fixes and slightly easier first levels. So I don't know if I'll still pick this up. It's slightly easier doesn't sound too appealing to me, even because the game was extremely difficult. But maybe if uh, you know you just missed those jumps once or twice, then maybe pick up 1.1.0 and have yourself a ball. Try to play through the game again if you're really into Portal. And lastly, The Trap version 1.2 was updated. Uh, I haven't played version 1.2 yet. I'm assuming it's just bug fixes. But other than that... And Phil, you want to talk about Creed's real quick? No, no, no. You go ahead with Creed's. I want to talk about something that's kind of related to it afterwards. Okay, well, Creed's is next up on my list, actually. Um, they updated with... I guess they're coming out with a brand new Beta 4. This is Creed Source, and you can check it out on the show notes again. They added a whole bunch of new animations, uh, some new maps, new bi-weapon systems. You can check out their... Well, they have an update for coming up Beta 4, so right now 3.1 is out. And uh, they have a new character coming out, Lara Croft, of course. And they just fixed a whole bunch of stuff. Creed's is always fun. I love playing Creed's. And they optimized it so people who... Uh, have really really high ping can you know jump those crazy jumps instead of going to a lower ping server i really need to try this one i remember one of my visitors on the website calling this is the the first uh, half-life 2 mod that your grandmother can play um and i really really like the way he put that and i've never really uh, looked into it basically because i hate jumping but it's such a clever idea yeah, that it deserves everybody's attention at least for a short period of time. Yeah, I, I love the I love the just the ingenuity you see and how fun it can be. I mean that and the, the Counter Strike Source uh, surfing thing. I love mods like these where they just kind of run with a silly idea that ends up being really fun. Yeah, I agree too. I love Creed, but I don't think your grandmother can play. I think that's a totally falsified information. Um, because this game is Creed is extremely hard, and it takes skill to learn how to do, say, a 180 jump while strafing midair, or doing you know those corner jumps or bunny hopping across uh, platforms that sink into water. It is hard, and it takes skill. That's what Creed is all about. It's not about just jumping and casually jumping in games. It's about developing your skills of jumping that I use in other games. Um, I use, like, my Creed's jumping skills in, like, right now, Fallout 3, or if I play another mod, I'll use Creed's to try to skip an entire area just for fun. So. I think what the poster on Planet Philip was really talking about was the fact that it wasn't a shooting mod. It was something that, you know, didn't rely on killing people, and, you know, for a lot of people, the idea of shooting things is not really interesting. It was more that idea of there's something completely new that they could do, but you're right, from a skill point of view, it would be probably impossible. Yeah, I, I've hosted a couple of Creed servers, actually a Sven Co-op Creed server, and you know, it's a very, very social atmosphere. You have people who are just chatting, talking about their day while doing their jumps, because it can get really repetitive. You feel like you're kind of a zombie in a game, just continuously hitting space, continuously hitting space, 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 and jumping around corners. But so then you add that, that talking atmosphere and talking to other people and meeting new people. It's fun. It's really fun. It's a lot more friendly than most first-person shooters. Uh, I would like to harken back to Formula One, where people do nothing but hit brake and uh, accelerate all day. But really, it's about not about the act, but the perfection of something. So I think it's perfectly reasonable. 
Okay, while we're talking about creed, something that caught my eye this week that isn't on our agenda list, so the other guests don't know I'm going to mention it, is something called Mirror's Edge Source. Now, for listeners who may not know, Mirror's Edge is a game concept where basically you use your parkour, or however you pronounce that word, parkour skills, which is running and jumping, and somebody has created the first trailer map for Source, and we'll post the link um, on the uh, website when we finish this week. But has any of the other guests heard of this? I have not heard of this, and I'm oh, a yeah. huge Mirror's Edge fan. No, I'm afraid not. Yeah, same too. I've been looking at Mirror's Edge for a long time now. And, I, and if they really do go through with the mod, then count me in. That sounds awesome. Mirror's Edge is possibly my second most anticipated game of the year, next to Left 4 Dead. Yeah, it's a fantastic concept. It looks really good. And the guy who's made it in the source... He's done a great job. I have to admit that I cheated and no clip because I couldn't get any of the jumps well. I couldn't even jump over the first fence at the beginning. That might be because I'm just, you know, really bad, or maybe because it hasn't implemented some of the gameplay characteristics. But I posted it on the Planet Philip forum and nobody replied. And I'm thinking, geez, I thought that this would be, like, really interesting for people. No, we'll definitely post it in the show notes. It looks... That that sounds awesome. In con- I haven't seen the trailer yet, but it sounds awesome in concept. You know, it just makes sense. It's a first-person source engine. Why not just port the game over? And I'd like to follow that through a little bit, actually. Uh, Not necessarily to take up too much time, but something we could talk about in the future is the way that there does seem to be more and more people recreating other games in the Source engine. And I think that holds some interesting topics. I mean, you were talking earlier on, William, about Decay, and really, that's just a remake from another game. Game. And in fact, some of the other things on our list, we've got a Resident Evil uh, game um, that we're going to mention that's been announced. That's just a remake on the Source engine. So I think there's some interesting points, not for today, but maybe a future episode where we talk about, you know, the future of cloning with the Source engine. Yeah, and that's a great segue into our next mod that we're going to talk about, and that's Far Crab. It's a recreation of Far Cry, and Demo 2 is now available. I haven't, I really wanted to play this, but I didn't get around to it because Halloween weekend and everything. I was too busy in real life, but this this sounds funny, and fun, actually. I mean, it looks kind of ghetto, you know, because it's only demos, but the maps look nice, and it's an outdoor environment. It kind of reminds me of Far Cry, to be honest. So this looks really, really, really cool. It's called Far Crab, and it'll be in our show notes. And that's, an, that's a perfect example of a recreation in Source. International online soccer server update. If you run a server, just real quick, update your servers, because iOS Source 2008, for the server patches have been released. And so all you players expect to see updates. You don't have to update. It's just a server patch. But uh, expect to see updates in the servers that you play on. So it's really that simple. What what a cool mod that is. I don't know if you anyone here has had the chance to play it yet, but another another just brilliant example of ingenuity in the mod community. I've actually and it's really well done if you get if you get get the chance to play it. Incredibly hard to master, but really, really well done. I mean in the in the approach they, they do with the uh, manipulating the engine and making it so that you can actually kick the ball and pass and stuff. I mean in the three weeks I played it I never got nearly as good as uh some of the regulars were, but man, it was really interesting. Yes, but you're American. Americans can't play football. Yeah, well, first <laughs> of all, we're too fat to even get out of the chair, let alone run around a field and <laughs> kick a ball around. <laughs> I never got into iOS. I'm not a soccer fan or a football fan, for all you European listeners. Um, it's I just found it boring. Running around a giant field, kicking a ball into giant nets, is not my 
you know, concept of fun. Yeah, but you you run around in a virtual world, pointing and clicking with virtual guns at people's faces. So <laughs> that's so much better, is it? And but you're Canadian, sounds... and Canadians can't play football either. Yeah, we definitely can't. We no, we we definitely cannot play soccer more than Americans, in fact. Yeah, and and plus we're better than you at hockey too. So you know. Oh, don't, don't even start with that. Yeah. But again, we're we're coming off of Half Life and talking about Formula One and and sports. We should talk more about video games. Video games, right. as I would say. Here's one mod that I am anticipating insanely. It's called Curse. It's for Half Life Two, and they say they're gonna come out quarter one two thousand nine. They released some gameplay videos. It's kind of like an Egyptian puzzle game. It almost looks like. It doesn't look like there's a lot of shooting, but there's a lot of magic involved, and you have to do these sort of uh, these sort of puzzles to get to the next chamber, so to speak. I mean, there are pictures of concepts of mummies, so I'm assuming... Oh, there are mummies down here in the concept arts. Um, so I'm assuming there are enemies for you to shoot. Maybe you just have to avoid them. But this game looks awesome. Did you guys take a look at this? Yeah, I it does look very, very good. I noticed it a couple of weeks ago. Somebody posted it on the PP forum, and I had a look around. I thought, oh, that's that's good. I mean, I really applaud that kind of ingenuity where people, you know, take the source engine and say, okay, let's make something that will interest me. So it looks interesting. Yeah, and even even something as simple as the door puzzles, where you have to use, you know, it's essentially a grav gun with a different model. It's just your hand. And you move this ball through this maze to unlock the door. I mean, that's just such a cool concept. I love... Things like that, where, you know, instead of just having a static door, you have something a little bit more intricate or something a little bit more interesting. Wasn't so there that... a big mod for UT4 that had, like, a ball that you're supposed to, you know, move around the world and open doors and stuff? Does anybody remember hearing about that? No. I've never played UT 2K4 or whatever. No, I've what? never played it either, but... But there was like a, a a good mod. I'll I'll look for it and I'll post a link on the website for this for this show because that looked really interesting. That was like a puzzle game, almost like Marble Madness, but from a first person perspective. Don't get me started on Marble Madness. That game was awesome, but that does sound fun though. Like that kind of. Well, yeah. Actually, now that you mention it, that I think I remember that. That would be a good. That'd be a good approach too. I mean, if. If someone had told you five years ago about Portal, you would, you would have said, eh, that sounds boring. But, you know, that, that kind of simplified, fun approach to games, I think, is fun. I wish people would do that more. Well, I mean, take a look at Flash games or online web games. People have tons of fun, and they're just simple concepts. They're just simple point-and-shoot in some cases, or point-and-clicks or in other cases. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's called The Ball, and it's for Unreal Tournament 3, and we'll post a link for it. It's a very quick description. The Ball is a first-person single-player puzzle mod with an Aztec theme to it. The mod takes place in a mysterious Aztec temple, blah, 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 blah. And you use physics to uh, escape. So, cool. That is very cool. That sounds fun. Yeah, I'll check that out. I got UT3. See, there's so many mods for other games that I didn't really get into that I want to play. That's a perfect example. The whole Unreal Tournament series. Well, luckily for you, a lot of the more popular Quake ones, like uh, Urban Terror, they were released standalone, so you can still go back and check those out. They're still pretty, pretty popular, too. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Uh, moving right along, one thing that I wanted to talk about that might spark some conversation is 
Earth Special Forces. This game has been out forever, ESF, um, no, for no, no, Half-Life. No. no, 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 we're not talking about anything Dragon Ball no. Z related. Moving no. on. No, 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 we're not going to talk about Dragon Ball Z. We're going to talk about what they released. They released okay. an editor for their own mod called the XML FX Editor. I'll quickly read this so you guys are up to speed. Raven and LOD have been working on the XML tool. You are now able to edit or add FX features. This means you can create your own particle effects, add sounds, and animations. You will also be able to create your own transform effect. So essentially what this is, if you've ever played with Flash or any of those other timeline-ish editors, you can add your own effects and, uh, I guess, uh, transformations, as they say, in this XML editor, and it'll print it off, and you can play them in, uh, you know, the... Um, sorry, the ESF servers. So, what do you guys think about mods releasing their own editors for their own games? I think that's amazing. This is a cr crazy undertaking. Hell yeah. That's all I gotta say. I mean, the tools are there that, I mean, why not do it? And that makes a lot more... I mean, I bet Natural Selection is gonna have to do that for NS2, cause just because they're... The, the stuff they want to pull off is so intricate. I say go for it, and it, and it really I gives... Oh, are they? Yeah, because with the whole... I forget what it's called, but yeah, you're right. It's going to be really... I, I think it, and plus, it gives a challenge to mappers and developers who who would like that challenge, too, so why not? Yeah, it gives you an idea of who's really dedicated towards those mods. And as much as I hate Dragon Ball Z mods, ESF has really put a lot of work into this, and they haven't faltered, and they haven't steered off course forever. Forever. And this new XML editor is perfect proof that they care more than just about their games. They care about people making it fun for themselves. It adds that whole new dynamic in the mod. You know, you create your own stuff, the game becomes more yours instead of somebody else's who supplied you with something. This is just amazing, in my opinion. I have to admit, so I haven't checked it out. So, But it sounds cool. I mean, you know, adding effects with your own editor sounds wonderful, but I just haven't, haven't seen it. Sorry. It's okay. I just thought I'd mention that because it's such a cool concept. Um, we got e emails about this. We got probably three emails just about this one mod that I'm going to be talking about next. Uh, it's on everybody's oh, no. radar, it seems. It's on everybody's radar, it seems. Every website I see this post, and it's, of course, Jailbreak Source. They're coming out with uh, a new version. The, the most highlighted feature is, of course, the dinosaurs and robots. You can fight as dinosaurs <laughs> versus robots. Um, it's a really comical-type gameplay aspect that they're adding. And they're adding turrets and auto shotguns. Um, there's, they've been updating a lot. We'll link to them. I don't want to cover it all. But, Simon, you said you wanted to talk about Jailbreak Source. You've been beta testing, I think? Um, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, well, I was testing on the 0.4 version, which was the last release. Um, and... Recently, I sat down and played the 0.5 on one of their beta test nights, and it's come such a long way. It's, it's so polished now um, that the graphical interface is, is great, and they've made so many new additions. And what I love most about it is just all the different environments they've got for it. They've kind of stopped having any rules for this game because there's no realism rules or anything. They've got any kind of map they want to make. That, that some of the ex new executions are absolutely hilarious, and it's one of the few mods that I've played where I actually just end up laughing in my chair because some of the stupidest things happen. And there's only like four guys developing it, and they're the nicest guys, so it's a, it's a really great mod, so definitely check that out when it comes out. Yeah, that's. I think more mod developers should go in that direction of not taking themselves so seriously and just kind of having a, a good time, because that definitely shows in Jailbreak.
Yeah, I think so too. And especially that dinosaurs versus robots thing was funny when they released when they announced that. Showed some screenshots. Um, you know, it's just another perfect example of really catering to your fans. You know, if your fans are, if 90% of your fans are like, you should add robots, and if it's a realistic mod, but 90% of your fans are saying add robots, well, you know, do you appeal to the majority, or do you just do what your mod sticks to? In my opinion, you should appeal to the majority and throw the robots in there. Who cares if it's realistic? Yeah, but the creative types are so stuck up and full of themselves that they want to create their vision so badly that they will gladly not have anyone play their mod or game or whatever. I, I have the misfortune of knowing one or two, so. I agree with them too. Um, I, I think that when you make a mod, you make it for yourself. You're not making something specifically Oi. just because you want lots of other people to play it. I mean, that's obviously something that you want. Otherwise, all we would do is we would just have a poll somewhere on a website that would say, you know, click the things that you want, and then we'll just make it that way. These people spend a lot of time and effort making these things, and I don't want to make something for somebody else. I want to make it for me. And if these guys said, I want robots and I want dinosaurs, great. And if the players don't like it well that's something that they have to consider but they shouldn't make it for somebody else they should make it for themselves that's another really good point i disagree i mean there's two types of um of, of uh your whatever goal you have a i'm making this for fun and to have people play it or b i'm making this for fun and for myself screw what everyone else wants and you just have to decide which one's which don't be surprised when no one plays your mod though when you pick a I mean, Simon, you run a you run a website same as I do, and uh, I'm I'm quite strict about what I do on my website because it's what I want. I spend a lot of time on it, and if you got a thousand emails saying that they wanted you to cover Unreal Tournament three, would you cover Unreal Tournament three? That's an interesting point because that did that discussion did kick off. People want to know whether we should move into another engine, and I did very very much consider it, and it's still on my cards. But it's such a such a kind of a big move to do that I haven't really been able to pay attention to something like that. I mean, we've built up the Half-Life 2 side of it, so it's a lot easier to cover that. But, I mean, if if people really want something like that, then I'll definitely look into it. But the other side of it is people know that it's not your job, so they're quite content if that's something you can't do. But people are just happy to voice their opinions. But what about Keep if it was something though. that you weren't interested in, though? I mean, would you cover something just because your readers wanted to, but you didn't want to do it? Um, I don't know, it depends. Um, if I really strongly didn't want to do it, then of course no, because after all it's me that's got to put the time in. But, I mean, if if people and people want to expand into designing levels for Unreal now and that's the way everyone's going, then I don't think that a site or a mod should fall behind just because they don't want to take on any other views. I mean, if everyone's screaming for Unreal editing, then, you know, I would definitely consider going that way because otherwise, at the end of the day, people can just go somewhere else. That's a great point, too. I mean, it, like I said, uh, I'm sticking with my opinion where um, you should appeal to the majority because when you're not talking I to agree. anybody, you're just talking to yourself. But I'm, I try to do things for other people, and if, I, if I'm doing something wrong or if I'm doing something that's not appealing to most people, then clearly uh, my opinion is wrong in that sense. You know what I mean? Um, if I were developing a mod, I would try to incorporate as much as the comments and criticisms that people throw at me. If it changes the mod, you know what, that's okay for me, because I do it for other people and not for myself. 
Okay, well, it looks like I'm in the minority here, but, but that's cool. I'm used to that. <laughs> you should be by now. <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, it always gives us the other side of the coin, right? So it's great, because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, Philip, who think, who think exactly as you're thinking. You know, it's my property. I, I want it the way I want it, which is fine, which is another great concept to have. There are mods, and there are developers out there who do that, and the games are better because of it, because they stuck to their roots, and then... Then the players are like, oh, now I see. Now I see where his direction was. Now I see where his motivation was behind it. So it's another great point. But before we get too deep into that, uh, I did want to just mention this. I mean, it's not that big of news, but Project Resident Evil is a new mod for Half-Life 2 that's been announced. Um, whether or not it'll ever be released is another story. But, you know, it's just your normal Resident Evil run-of-the-mill type game. But what I wanted to ask was, are you guys sick of seeing Resident Evil and, like NoPK said, Dragon Ball Z mods for the Half-Life and Half-Life oh, 2 no. franchise? Oh, no way. I won't be happy until, until there's maybe five, six, seven hundred of them. I think it isn't played out yet. I think they should keep doing it because it's a great idea that hasn't already been copied by Silent Hill and every other retail game ever made. <laughs> I think I would just like to see one get released instead of thousands of screenshots of mods. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, so why are people developing new Resident Evil mods when clearly other Resident Evil mods aren't out yet? Why don't they just join together, or why don't they apply to join their dev team? Yeah, or why don't they just let Capcom do it like they've been doing now for 12 years? I mean, they've had no trouble doing it. They still are. Yeah. Philip, you wanted to, you had something to say? Yeah, no, all I was going to say was that um, I love Mod DB to death, but this is one of the drawbacks for the site for me is that too often they just put a mod on and I know they've taken a lot of steps to limit that exposure but you know a few guys get around and say hey why don't we do this and they're like okay I'll do a drawing of a guy you do a drawing of a guy and then we'll do maybe you know uh, a little bit of a story and then it's on mod DB and it's like a new mod and I almost wish they had sort of like a limit until it's like 50% done you, we're not going to tell anybody about it because too often people start and they just don't finish yeah I think that's part of why Fallout 3 was so uh, cool for me was because they announced it when it was almost done and then within the year they had it finished. I love releases like that. Yeah, that's yeah, that is too. a great Absolutely. release. Um, I think that's I think that's a much better idea. I mean, for for a while, probably last year, I was trying to develop a single player mod for Half-Life and I kept it under wraps as much as possible and I did do like a, a blog to go with the development of it, but... Um, I think what is a good idea is if you're doing a mod is if if you keep it under wraps until a lot of it's developed then you're not you haven't got anyone to let down. I mean it's just you that's working on it and I'm I know people want to rush out there and show it to everyone but you might as well wait until you've at least got the finishing goals in sight and then when you do show everyone and blow them away they know that you're actually gonna deliver. Yeah, I agree. I mean Adam Foster has this policy where he literally says nothing about what's happening until it's time for release i mean everybody knows he's developing like a second part to minerva but he doesn't release any screenshots or you know he really keeps it under wraps and that's the, that's the way get it nearly finished and then have a publicity drive plus it gives you a goal i mean when you release a bunch of crap at once uh you just kind of go okay cool we got our time and we'll keep working but if you set a goal for yourself and say, okay, I'm not going to release any information until this point, and I'm not going to do any more until this point, it gives you something to work towards and something to be proud of. Otherwise, you're just kind of whoring your mod out. 
Well, I think yeah. you just put yourself on the needless pressure as well. Like if you've got tons of media releases and it start and people are asking you where the next release is going to be, then I think I don't think there's any point in putting you under that pressure unless you know you can deliver it. Yeah. Okay. I, and that also reminds me that on our list of uh, updates, there's a, a mod called Left Behind, and this is like another mod that's just got one piece of uh, concept art and two drawings of supposedly their lead character. It's based in the city of Black Mesa, which nobody's ever heard about. And I think I read somewhere that they're still working on the story. I mean, why even you know, release anything like that? Exactly, come on. How, I've how got many... huge respect f for the people who make these mods, but don't, don't start us with this. How many, how many mods have you heard of go, Alright chaps, we've got the engine done, and we've got all the models, sounds, and animations, textures, and gameplay done. Oh no, we forgot the story, what are we going to do? Great, now we're going to have to hold it back for four years. I mean, this story you can do in like three days. Just come on, people. You are so, so wrong. A single-player mod is about the story. That should be the first thing that you start with. People yeah. like you are the multi... No, wait. People like you are the multiplayer people. It's all about gameplay. And I, I respect that, and you guys can go out and have some fun. And a, and a mod like Ballmen for Half-Life 2, you know, is a good example of that. It's not about what it looks like, it's what it plays like. But a, a single-player mod is the story story. You have a crappy story. You can't add it at the end. It's the wrong way. Can you make a film and then add the story at the end? Of course not. Yeah, but that, but that's if you, that's your motivation. If, if the story is the driving force in your mod, not gameplay, then yeah, you're right. But even then, I mean, one of us could bang out a story in three minutes. Guy no runs into trouble. Yeah. You could bang out a crap story in three minutes, just like I could do a stick man in two seconds. Okay, yeah. then give me yeah. give me one mod whose story was actually good and intricate. And it wasn't just there for filler. Okay. Minerva. The citizen. It was all text. Coastline to atmosphere. Coastline, uh, we're not talking about storytelling techniques. We're talking about story. Yeah, but... Okay, maybe Minerva that's not the fault of the developer. No, 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 Minerva no. no. Separate, separate dialogue from story. We're not talking about storytelling techniques, we're talking about a story. A reason for the events and the character to do what he's doing. Alright, here's, here's Minerva summed up in three sentences. You're a bad guy. Maybe you're not a bad guy. No, just kidding, you're a bad guy. And okay. some really pretentious dialogue. His half-life summed up. Oh, something bad happened. I better walk out. If you if you put these things down into the base sentences, they don't mean anything. It's not about why they happen. It, sorry, it's not about <laughs> what happens. It's about why yeah, they but, happen. But but I mean, you've got like you've got uh, like fucking scientists going, "Hey, that guy's gonna kill us. Go, go do that thing. Okay, now go do this thing." And you've got the cinematic experience with. Um, actors and characters, and it's it's really well done. Whereas Minerva was just a bunch of text on your screen, and then coastline yeah, I, I, atmosphere. I, I've I've been playing it for four hours now, and I still don't know what's going on. I just I'm just climbing a mountain. I don't know if he okay. likes a mountain or if he wanted to go for a picnic or what. But that's not that's not necessarily uh, the part of the developer's fault. That's maybe Valve's fault for not offering them enough options for easy storytelling, and that's that's a separate issue. Uh, yeah, I didn't like the text in uh, Minerva. I, I really didn't like that part, but it had a story, it had a reason, and that's what you should start with when you start a single-player mod. Well, well, okay, you have to keep in mind, I have the attention span of a pencil, so when I have to read text in a story, I don't pay attention to that story anymore. I am now just shooting zombies in the face because it's what I do. 
it's like a natural reaction to that thing but but then I've seen mods where I don't know if it was Awakening or I forget they had terrible stories but just because they took the time to get voice actors I was way more involved with the story even though it was really bad yeah even I agree, it was... but I think you're you're separating two different issues here we're not talking about how they tell the story because I agree being a voice actor voice acting is the most important part we're talking about whether there is a story and is it possible to build a really good single player mod when you add the story after you've built it no, I don't believe that. Yeah, maybe. I guess you're right. No, Doom 3 no, no, was definitely a really good game. Definitely. But, but okay, if we're going to agree on that, then we need to agree that voice acting and direction is really important. Yes, and hopefully we, in the next few years, we'll get more people from film backgrounds, film, sorry, film backgrounds coming into the gaming industry, like they did with some of the uh, trailers from TF2, where they really knew how to tell a story because in a in in the gaming community we perhaps don't really know how to tell a story through the game yet but anyway uh you know emmanuel and i will probably carry on this conversation afterwards what i would like to do now is i would like to introduce uh, simon aka blink from interlopers he's been part of the conversation already but let's talk about your website first of all for a little while so blink tell me about interlopers pretend that i've never okay. really visited it before um right well okay it's primarily based around uh editing levels for the half-life 2 engine um it started well it's been going four years now which is quite a long time for a website um it's it's grown significantly um I mean, in terms of what the content on there, it's all community submitted. A lot of the tutorials are on there, uh, just are given to us from people in the forum. So it's a very much community-based website. Um, we're quite quite strict on being constructive to people new and old. There's none of the uh, just shooting people down because their map skills are not very good, like you see on some forums. Um, and I think that has helped to attract quite a good crowd to us. Um, we've recently. Um, got quite a few industry people hanging around the forums now which is great um, and they're always there still cheering on people that are just taking their first steps so I think to sum it up if you if you just started getting into Half-Life 2 editing and you want like a friendly place to go that's full of really clever people much cleverer than me and great tutorials then it's definitely the site to go to when you uh, developed Interlopers you know you, you mentioned about your forums and I'm taking a look at your forums now and there's something up to 62,000 posts in any given board and when you developed interlopers did you say you wanted to develop or did you say to yourself did you want to build a site for the listeners to talk or for the readers to talk to other readers so a forum based site or did you start off with kind of a news outlet site or with that said is the news kind of a subset to the forums like what's more important to you is it the forums or the news yeah good question i was exactly going to ask that one um, yeah, I think I think the news kind of actually accompanies um, accompanies the actual Half-Life 2 editing side of it. I mean, primarily it's based around level editing and people discussing how to do it and helping each other out. But the news is kind of another side to it um, that's grown because people love talking about all the latest releases and and it's kind of cool because you get an angle on new mods from a developer's side of view rather than the mod db that looks awesome kind of player view so you i think it's good for people there to discuss the news as well but it's definitely been focused around the actual uh, editing side of it and the news has kind of just grown but it's still kind of an integral part of it 
I respect I respect interlopers and for you for what you've done just hugely. I mean, Planet Half Life was around for a long time, and they don't focus on community like you guys do. And I stand on the shoulders of giants, whereas you are the giants. So huge respect for you guys, especially for tying Thank community you. into the uh, the news thing. They kind of go hand in hand. That brings on another real uh, good question of mine. When does a site get too big? When does a site seem to lose its sense of community? Um, do you find interlopers moving in that direction? Like, like NoPK said, I mean, Planet Half-Life and the whole IGN franchise is so big now that you don't really have a community because it's such a large franchise. Whereas with interlopers, you know, even though you have 60,000 posts, you still have people that are dealing with each other and s making friends because they recognize each other in other posts. Um, when does a site grow too big, so to speak? Can I, can I just add? Um, Planet, Planet Half-Life, that's another downfall for us. We don't con the community does not control what we do. If a million people tomorrow emailed uh, our predecessor, whatever, or the people who own us, and said we want them to cover Left 4 Dead or Bunnies, then it wouldn't matter because the bigwigs are still going to make that decision. Whereas in interlopers, it's much more personal. And if you want something done, you know, harking back to what we said earlier, chances are if enough people want it, it'll get done. It's a community site. Yeah, so Simon, what do you think of that? Um, I think a site um, gets too big um, when the people that are running it um, aren't able to keep up with the people that are actually joining the forums. I mean, we're not as huge in terms of forum base as some big websites like um, like the Gary's Mod forums. I mean, that's just packed. Um, and those kind of websites kind of get a bad rap because there's just so many people there and they've kind of almost made the rules for themselves um, to the point where they just ban people for coughing or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I think... Personally, with interlopers, I'm always I'm always on there, always you know trying to check as many threads as possible. I can't keep up with everything, but I've also got like two or three guys that really help out with um, the moderation side of it. And I think what helps is the way that it's been run is that everyone kind of has like a respect for each other. There's not we rarely have to ban anyone, as ridiculous as it sounds, because people don't just come on there to attack other members. I mean, it's kind of like there's there's quite a lot of respect between older members and new members, so. I think it's kind of the way you bring the forum up and how you, you know, how you run it, and it rubs off on people, and they take those values, and I don't have to do much moderation. I think of all all the uh, websites that uh, get mentioned in the readmes of all the SP mods, I think uh, Interlopers is probably the number one. It's, there's always like uh, thanks for you know all the guys at Interlopers. Obviously, other you know Snark Peer and uh, TWHL get mentioned, but I think Interlopers is the the biggest one that I see mentioned in the readmes. Um, just out of curiosity, how many times is Interlopers linked from, directly from the official uh, Valve Source SDK for development? Because when I was working on something, I noticed that you guys were a big part of that too. Um, I've no idea how much is in there. I mean, a lot. I think. All right, okay, that was great then. Uh, well, I don't, I don't go over there much. <laughs> <laughs> a lot is the answer. My other question is, <laughs> um, you know, how do you make a website so friendly? I mean, obviously, it's not entirely up to you, but how do you steer your website content towards listen or towards? I keep saying listeners towards readers who have that friendly personality and you know steer away from those people who kind of spam the crap out of your forums. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I think 
Um, I mean, when we first started the site up, I was very hands-on because obviously it was quite a small forum, so it's quite easy to be quite hands-on with it. But you know, as soon as someone come across with or actually from another forum and just like, hey, yes, crap, that that map is crap. Don't, you know, go and learn mapping before you come back. You know, you just kind of you don't jump on those posts, but you kind of step in and say, look, that's not how we, you know, be constructive around here, blah blah blah, and you kind of. You, you have to keep on it quite a lot and it can be quite annoying because people come across with their own ideas of how a forum is um, but eventually the people that become regulars pick up on that and then they will start to do that themselves I mean I see threads where it, it's been two pages before I've managed to step in but everyone else has been saying like hey you know this, there's no need to be like that whatever and you know it's quite impressive to see people actually taking up those values without me having to step in every time and edit threads and delete threads so I think I think it's just keeping tabs on how everything works and making sure you've got a presence on the forums all the time. Yeah, keep in mind, no matter how good the community is, we're dealing with video game players, not Mensa members. So no matter how good your community is, you're bound to run into people like that. Yeah, and as uh, Simon says, you just set the tone and uh, those kind of people, they see that they're not welcome, so they go somewhere else, maybe like Gary's Mods forums, where they can do and say anything they want. So... By setting the tone at the beginning, you're sort of setting the situation thereafter. Well, the whole theme of the Gary Mods forums uh, started around the game, right? The game is kind of quirky. The game is kind of weird. I mean, you have fun. You make your own little creations. You could be stupid. You can be funny. So I think that reflects in the forums. Where Interlopers is uh, sort of a site for people to help other people. That's As soon as you get to the site, you notice that almost immediately. You see at the top there's articles and tutorials. And even the way the news posts are written, it seems like there's such... Uh, even a... a sh a very advanced form of academia academia like behind the posts so i think that rubs off in the form so how you display your content is another way of i think swaying your your readers and how they interact with your community as well i definitely agree with that i mean you go to some websites and all the headlines are written in lowercase and you know as if they're just talking to their friends i mean you have to kind of maintain a certain level of how you talk to people on your website and you know it sets the tone if you're just if you're just typing a news post like oh, I saw well good mod check this out you know people will go into your site with that kind of attitude it's, it's all about first impressions and it sounds really complicated but it's kind of just gone that way accidentally <laughs> so what does the future hold um, the future, uh, well, I guess we're just going to uh, carry on doing what we're doing. Um, World domination. Posting more tutorials. Well, yeah, there is that aspect of it, but I wasn't going to tell anyone about that. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, it's it's kind of just sitting quite well at the moment. I've not got any new features to develop. I mean, we recently brought out the portfolio section, which was a great addition, to be honest with you, because it gives people a place to post all their uh, all their map screenshots up and they can link it to employers or mods and sections like that I think really I don't know of any other websites that have got something like that but for the time being I haven't got any new sections to add we're just kind of chugging along and I think when Left 4 Dead comes out and all and a lot of the new big mods come out you know we'll see a lot more a lot more uh, people busting around the forum so this yeah it's a good future at the moment Hey, so, uh, just out of nowhere, um, if you don't mind, are they going to be using the same development tools for Left 4 Dead that you find in uh, Source, the Source SDK and all, and all that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that it will just be a modified version. Um, they, it is all developed on the Source engine, so 
I'm sure that eventually we'll get a version of it in the SDK and tons of new entities to play with, but the, uh, the essentials will be there, so we'll probably open up a Left 4 Dead section at some point. I mean, I noticed the tagline is Half-Life 2 News and Tutorials. I mean, in a way, what you're saying is that it's really becoming a source news and tutorials, isn't it? Because you've got some TF stuff on there as well, as I think. Is that right? Yeah, it's a little bit of everything, um, but I had to kind of try and pick a tagline that was quite descriptive for people that first visited the site. Um, and it kind of struck me that some people were not, might not realise what Source is, <laughs> so I went with the obvious and said Half-Life 2, but yeah, but that's purely because it, all the games are based around the same engine as Half-Life 2. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of everything which you suddenly realise when you start poking around. This portfolio section that you mentioned is really great. Um, I believe ModDP tried to do something like this with their Help Wanted list. I, that may not be the exact name that they called it, but they had a system where you know people could post what they're good at, and then that's where people would go to hire people for development. But it looks like you can even use this for professional hiring, and other people can rate... Um, you know their skills in terms of what they've already created and what they have out there and you can look at their history and what they've worked on it's really great to go through this list and see some of the some of the top portfolios essentially um, listed on this site because you know you see the correlations of what people have worked on you know you, you see oh this guy worked on this mod oh he also worked here he also worked here too that's really cool you know uh, you don't get that much exposure that much in the community in terms of the mod development. So this portfolio thing is really, really cool. I urge everybody who's listening, if you're a developer, get yourself on this portfolio because it's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a really big hit. I mean, it's you know, you, it's nothing to sign up. You just, just dive in and start posting portfolio. Do it however you like. Um, it's, yeah, it's just been a really popular section. I must give a shout-out to Zombie at Computer for helping me develop that because... Uh, Without his uh, genius PHP skills, it would have been nothing. So, <laughs> I hate to pimp PP all the time or stuff that I've written, but I wrote a, uh, an editorial, I can't remember exactly, which was called uh, Mapbook. And it was basically the idea of taking Facebook and making it for game designers. And, you know, everybody has their own page and they can, you know, chat about uh, whatever they want to. And it's like a portfolio site, but not just for Half-Life. And uh, I kind of, I mean, I'm looking at the portfolio section now, and it's fantastic. And if that was extended to not just one engine, but everybody's engine or you know, everybody's skill, it would be like a really great place to hang out. Yeah, I mean, there's also the chance that interlopers might expand into other engines one day. But um, at the moment, I'm kind of, uh, we're kind of sticking well with what we know best. So, <laughs> but maybe one day you might see some unreal on there. It's definitely a plan of mine at the moment, but... As usual, it's finding the time to uh, set it up. Yeah, that's always the problem, isn't it? Okay, so w with everybody's permission, we'll move on to uh, this week's Blast from the Past. And this is a mod called Das Robos. So uh, before I uh, introduce it or anything, is any has everybody played it, first of all? I definitely played it. On hard, as I usually do. It rings a bell. Definitely rings a bell. Emmanuel? Megatron. Didn't get the chance. No problem. So, I mean, the reason this is a blast from the past is it's probably in my top five mods, and uh, the designer has done a really good job of giving a good balance between exploring uh, with complicated layouts and the right kind of action. It has a kind of a Black Mesa feel about it, and I'm a huge fan of Black Mesa. Um, and it's quite, it's quite long as well, and there's a, a lot of new content, and the ending is just fantastic. What did you think of the ending, William? 
Well, you know, I don't see how this is your top five mod, to be completely honest. I might have to disagree with you on this. Um, it is only three maps, but the maps are huge, and playing it on hard is extremely difficult and fun, in fact. I played it for a couple of hours. Uh, but, you know, it seems like the, the mod starts really, really nice, and then it gets gimmicky. Uh, towards the end, I know you love the ending. I, okay, we're just going to say right now, spoiler alert. So, turn it off if you don't want to hear the ending, although it's about a robot, so, whatever. At the end, you get in a robot, and it's this really gimmicky, blocky robot, and... It, you basically push a button, and it moves forward, and you're in this robot, and you essentially have to escape. And it doesn't seem like it's as well as it could be. The I, I don't know. I don't feel like it's that professional. I, I really didn't feel that end, and at the end, I was just like, come on, really? No, I agree with you. And the first time I played it, I said exactly the same thing. I thought, oh, this is just so naff, which is like an English word meaning, you know, not really, it doesn't have enough class. But when I played it a, a second time, I thought, actually, it's, it's not that bad. There's a lot of work that's gone into it. And designing a huge robot, and I have to tell listeners, this robot is huge. It makes like a strider look like an insect. Um, and you're right, you just push one button, it moves forward, and you push another button, and it fires. But I just felt that that kind of whole idea where he tried to do something so new was just worth it but you're right it's not as professional as it could be don't get me wrong when when you get in that elevator and you know after level two so to speak and into level three which is the level with the robot uh you get in that elevator and it starts climbing up and you're seeing this robot for the first time really like in real life so to speak because you see it on these monitors but you don't really see how big it is and you're climbing up this elevator, and you think this elevator will never end, and you're only seeing below the waist of this robot. And it is giant. It's a real big undertaking in terms of mapping. And then, to top it all off, he had to build the corridor and the map that houses this robot. So, you're walking out, and you're breaking through the giant, giant doors that are keeping this robot in, and they're trying to make sure you don't steal it, so to speak. But... Like I said, it does feel really gimmicky, but the beginning is really, really nice. Um, you know, the maps are so interconnected. The, or one map, I should say, is really interconnected. You see the same areas a lot, but you're overlapping a lot. It's really fun. I really had a good time with the first little bit. Yeah, uh, when I first played it, the, f the first part was like, oh my god, this is, you know, where am I going? I wasn't sure where I was going. I kept getting stuck and stuff, but it's just probably because it's intricate. That that's, that's why it caught me out. And also, it, um, as I said earlier, it reminded me of Black Mesa, and I'm just, uh, I'm in love with that place already, so. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, nobody else played it, so that's a shame. But hopefully uh, listeners will look at the link on the side of this podcast and they'll give it a go. And I, I mean, I recently updated the PP post because it had some small images. So I, I played it again, posted all the latest images, uh, so you can have a good look to see whether you want it or not. You know, we were, we're, we're talking right now in chat about skipping over the question which is next, but I don't think we should because it ties into what we were talking about earlier. And... Uh, uh, take it away, Phil. I don't, I don't want you to skip over this. Just read over the question and talk about the history behind it this week. Okay, so this week's question that we're going to be discussing is, should beginning, you know, beginner developers release their first maps? Because actually on Planet Philip this week, I posted a, a map called Low Ammo, which was a first map, and it was horrible. It was atrocious, and 
was it a waste of time? Well, yes, in many ways it was a waste of time, but, but the only reason I post them is because I want Planet Philip to contain every single playable map, so I post them because that's my goal, but really, should you play them? No. What about the rest of the, the guests? Do you think people should post or release their first maps? You know, if they're at least remotely playable, they should. But this, I, I posted my comment on Planet Philip after playing it, because I come from a background where I want to play everything. I want to play every map. I want to play everything that's released. But if you're releasing this map where you're just playing with how to build a brush wall, or you're playing with lights, I mean, don't waste our time. Please, do not release this stuff. Um, I have enough to play all week, and I don't want to be cluttered with this sort of stuff later on in the in the week. I, of course I could avoid this, and of course you can tell from the screenshot that it's a first-try map. But as soon as this stuff is released on the internet, I have that urge. I have that addiction. I want to play it. I don't care if I know it's a first-try map. I know I'm going to be pissed later on. I know I'm going to feel like I just wasted my time. But because it's out there, I feel like I don't want to miss it. I'm always asking myself, what if somebody's going to talk about it later? I need to know about this right now. And that's how I feel. And if you think your stuff is not worth it, or if it's just a tech demo, or nothing very good to scoff at, then share it with your friends. Don't post it on sites like uh, like FPS Banana, or you know, Snark, the Snark Pit. Or even don't submit it to sites like Planet Phillips, so to speak. I really don't think it's worth it. Just ask a couple friends, or ask some forums. Forums are great for that, but not on public releases, or don't do any sort of press release. In if fact, it's playable, Interlopers is the best place. Yeah, if it's playable, go for it. Why not? I mean, if it's actually playable and someone can go from beginning to end, why not? Um, I think it's great that people can kind of compare themselves to other people as they were starting up. I mean, I would have loved to, uh, if I was a mapper, I would love to see what, you know, Dave J or some of the better uh, multiplayer maps out there were making when they first started, just to kind of compare and see, you know, where you are and, and why not? I think from a, a you know historical point of view, it's actually quite interesting. If somebody releases a series of maps over five years or something, it is nice to look back and say, oh, you know, look how it developed. But really, this was like a room with a corner and almost nothing else. I mean, you have to define the term playable, and it's playable in as much as there's one weapon and at least one enemy, but beyond that, it wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't even an end. I mean, you say beginning to end. I mean, when I have to go into console and type quit because the map doesn't end itself, that just, that's my number one pet peeve. I hate games that don't end. Whether or not it's like a horde map where, you know, you get a whole bunch of ant lines thrown at you, that's the classic situation, and let's see how long you can survive. I still want it to see it to end because I want to reach that goal, so to speak. I hate horde map styles. Um, but this first try, what you're saying about getting it up to see the nostalgia of it, that's what... Per, uh, personal portfolio sites are for you know if you're develop if you're a map mapper or even some form of developer you should have a website up and you should have kind of a chronological set of everything you've developed so people can go back don't release this publicly that's like there's a difference between putting it on your personal site and submitting it to a site like planet philip or planet half-life for that matter yeah, I should stress that nobody submitted this. I mean, I have um, 1,500 maps, and uh, probably about five of them have been submitted. I go out and I find them on various websites, and so nobody submits them. But one thing I do want to point out is that we're not knocking the fact that you've made something. We're knocking the fact that you really shouldn't be releasing it. Please, 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 whoever made it, keep making them and keep releasing 
to your friends and keep visiting places like interlopers and getting comments from other mappers, but don't stop making them. Just don't release something that really isn't worth it. Yeah, thank, thank you. Um, I'm not trying to shoot this down. I mean, for a first map, it is really, really great for a first map, right? Um, I mean, obviously, there's better maps out there, but, you know, there's a work there's a workaround, or yeah, there's a, you know, you can see somebody thinking out the map design and making interesting corridors and interesting situations. So, the first try is there, so don't, please do not falter from making maps just because we're telling you your map shouldn't be posted. Same I just want to make a quick comment on that. Um, I mean, we see that a lot at interlopers, and I mean, generally, a lot of people at the moment say, um, you know, never release your first map or whatever. Um, but there's two sides of it. I mean, if you've just made something, I mean, you straight away want to show everyone on the internet you think it's the greatest thing you've ever made, even if it's a square room with a barrel in it. <laughs> I know the feeling. Um, but I think the happy medium is just to post it as an under-construction map, you know, stick it up, just get some comments on it. Don't actually release it, but by all means, put it out there under people's eyes and get some comments on it from people that know what they're doing. Yeah, release yeah, it so you can get feedback. Even something as simple as a, like a box and a barrel inside, you know, you could be using some techniques that aren't aren't good in terms of rendering the engine or whatnot. Um, the way your brushwork intersects with each other, or you know, the way your barrel spawns from the top of the map and hits the ground when you load in, like different things like that. Something as simple as a box with a barrel can have an infinite amount of comments, but um, if it's not a playing map, then don't release it. I think that's basically the conclusion. Okay, so we'll move on to website of the week, which this week is a website called 3D Shooter Legends, which is a collection of demos and uh, very difficult to find older FPS games. It uh, has a huge selection of games. Now, I need to tell you that um, it's not, it doesn't have. Uh, wears on it, but it does release some full games. Now, I suppose that's a contradiction. What they're really saying is, look, why don't you try this game, and if you like it, you should buy it. But that's probably only, I don't know, less than 5% of the content. The rest of the content is just really difficult to find demos and trailers and stuff like that. So that's highly recommended. Any of the other guests taking the time to visit that site? No, but you can bet I'm going to be going. I'm looking at it right now, and it's so cool. I don't know if you guys remember, but, uh, I mean, the site is crap. Absolute crap. But, uh, you know, it's a really, really nice database of these ancient, ancient first-person shooters. And I'm talking super ancient. Um, but do you guys remember a website called Espace? It was called The Espace Mod. And it was way back in the day of Half-Life when there was no real place for people to put their mods or any modding news. No, I can't say I've even heard of it. Well, it was this site, and it reminds me, this site reminds me exactly like a space, and they would just basically have simple text, and they say, this map, or this mod has been released, click here to download. But this is really cool. I mean, I want to play these all. I feel like I want to play these all. Simon, have you visited this site? Um, I'm having a look right now. Um, from a web design point of view, it's pretty ugly, but um, it looks quite an interesting collection of things to uh, download and check out but probably not really my kind of thing to be honest with you William, it yeah. sounds like that our guests this week haven't read the guidelines and checked out the sites before they visited the uh, visited today's recording 
<laughs> well, we had Halloween, and I'm half washing the race, and I wanted to, you know. But I was washing my hair. It was terrible. Yeah, I'm not my cat's <laughs> meowing, and I've got to look at it. You know, I'm busy. Next week, though, count me, and I'm gonna be all over that. But it Halloween sounds awesome. Me. The site is pretty cool, and it's a huge endeavor. I mean, if you click one of these links uh, with the dates, you know, you click 1997, for example, and there's just tons of games listed there, and, and there's some games that obviously I haven't even heard of. So most of them, some of them I have, for example, like Turok, the Turok is listed there, or the original Quake, or Jedi Knight, Hexen 2. Um, Duke at 1000 is one game that I remember playing for an entire summer. That's the Duke Nukem map pack, but... Some of these games look awesome, and I've never heard of them before. It's so cool. This is a really cool site, really nicely done in, um, in terms of a database perspective. Yeah, I mean, the oldest dates, they go back to 1991, which, you know, in gaming terms, is like archaeology. I mean, it's 17 years ago, and there's games like Catacombs 3D. and Yeah, for sure. You know, the very first... Yeah, the very first um, instances of first-person shooters like Wolfenstein 3D and everything that came out with that game, so to speak. You know, the Jurassic Park first-person shooter. It's just amazing. Yeah, I'm looking at Spear of Destiny, and I'm pretty certain I've got one of those box downstairs in my basement. It'd be interesting to go through this list and compare to my actual boxed versions. <laughs> yeah, this site's cool. Everybody should check it out if you're, like, kind of, you know... Uh, gaming um, nostalgic person, so to speak. Okay, so time to bring uh, bring this episode to a close. I would like to thank oh. William and Emmanuel on my left and Simon on my right. It was great being here and I look forward to watching the rest of this. I mean, seeing you guys next week if I'm there. <laughs> it was a pleasure. If I'm there. Well, thank you, everybody. I mean, um, Emmanuel was mostly on the Formula One race this time, <laughs> but he was here at least Go for some of it. <laughs> Thanks to all of our listeners, and remember, please visit our website for the latest details and hopefully a forum. And if you have any feedback, you can leave that on the comment section of this particular podcast, or you can email us at feedback at podcast17.com. Don't be shy. It's important that you comment, even if you just say that um, Philip has bad teeth or I'm annoying, just, you know, be sure to say it. Those things make a difference. They do, they really do. If you have any comments about the website, we take that into account extremely because our web developer, Nick, has been doing a really good job. So if you have anything to suggest, um, we will definitely try to put it in there. Yes, exactly. We listen to our readers, just like the um, Simon from Interlopers. Now, next week, we have um, scheduled Stenchy from ModDB. He's going to come on here and, you know, join the discussion. And we also have a developer called Crowbar Scar, who was the author of Union. So if you're interested, uh, stay tuned for next week's show. Thank you for listening this week. And final comments, William. No, that's about it. Check out www.podcast17.com for all the information and greatest.